0: Welcome to Foundation Church's weekly message. We hope you are equipped by this message from Pastor Tom Lipley. For more information about our church, please visit FoundationChurchfl.com. You Lord, so you never want to be a religious people. The Holy Spirit, listen, it is the Spirit who gives life. Flesh profits nothing. You know what nothing means in the Greek? There you go. See how deep and theological all of you are? It means nothing. The Holy Spirit is the point of salvation, just so you know. Most Christians, they live in the delusion that heaven is the goal of salvation when they've already been given the goal of salvation. The most ignored portion of the Trinity is the one who's in the room. Everybody else is gone. It doesn't mean the Holy Spirit's above. I've told you this a dozen times. I've offended I don't know how many people by centering on the Holy Spirit. Well, it's awfully difficult to center exclusively on Jesus who sits at the right hand of the throne of God. Jesus has his specific, his specific duties, which was to come down be encased in flesh, die for you and I, be raised again, sit at the right hand of the throne of God. He doesn't even know the day or hour in which he will return, but then he will return and bring his glorious church back up with him. That's his job. Holy Spirit's in the room. Doesn't mean one's more important than the other. The Holy Spirit's pointless without Jesus. And Jesus is pointless without the Holy Spirit. Oh, how dare you say this? Because listen, we don't worship the Trinity. A lot of people, what they do is they actually worship who Jesus was instead of who he is. That's what they do. You know why? Because it's easier. You just set up an almost a golden calf image of Jesus and then just sit around the rest of your life and wait for heaven. It's easier. Well, it's God's sovereign will. All these horrible things have happened. No, you're supposed to take command. But it's a whole lot easier to just sit back and say, you know what? I worship Jesus. He came. I got saved. (sighs) That's that. And completely ignore the Holy Spirit who would never let you do that. Amen. Luke chapter 12, verse 48. The title of this message series is demand from everyone who has been given much. Much will be demanded. And from the one who has been entrusted with much, much more will be asked. Let's go into last week's verse for just a moment. 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 3 and 4. As his divine power has given to us all Things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue, by which have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises. Exceedingly great and precious promises that through these, that through what? His great and precious promises actually called exceedingly great Now, ask yourself this this morning. Do I live? And I see, I I want you to know, I challenge myself the same way that I challenge you. People meet me at the door and they're like, woo, that was a rough one for me today. It's a rough one for me today. I I preach what God has called me to preach, not what is my shtick. I preach what God places. See, again, I don't go to the internet. Yeah, what sermon online? Pastor dope. When did he, pray, when did he preach that? <laughs> no, I, I pray over my messages. God gives me scripture after scripture after scripture because it's the Holy Spirit. What does the Holy Spirit do? He says what he's already heard. That's what he does. And he gives you, remember, that's, what he, that's how it is. It's John chapter 14, verse 26. He, te, he does, he testifies to that which he's already heard leads you into all things. So that through these, the great and precious promises, you may be partakers of the divine nature. No promises, no divine nature. There's Christians who waltz around in sort of a spiritual fog, thinking about how just, you know, I'm such a spiritual person. Where are the promises? I want the promises, please. Some of the most, the people that, that church people consider to be sort of matriarchs of the faith and strong, mature believers never produce one thing. There's no miracles. There's no salvations. They just put on airs. Look how mature I am. There's no partaking of the divine nature if you're not producing the power. There's a few that's rights in here. That's more than average. It bothers people. Listen, this bothers me. I don't like that I don't produce power as I should either, but I have left the dock. I have not arrived, but I've left. A lot of people, they're never leaving the dock. Don't be one of them. Don't listen. Stop stop sticking with what's safe. It's not really safe anyway. Leave the dock. Go on the adventure. No promises. You're not partaking in his divine power. What are those promises? There's a myriad. I'll name just a few. Are you anointed? Like when you walk into a room, are you different? Are you winning the lost? Or are you just driving your kids around in a minivan? You're like, Tom, why do you belittle that? Because that's what Christians choose. Life is a series of decisions. God says, deal deep into the well of my spirit. And you go, eh, fruit roll ups, please. Juice boxes, soccer games. Because it's more comfortable and it's easier. You'll wish you had the power, though, when it's needed. That's what I'm learning. And see, I'm not going to back off from what the Bible says. Yeah. Let's look deeper. Hebrews chapter 2 verse 3. How shall, we, how shall we escape if we neglect so great a salvation? People get arrested for neglecting their kids. Christians have no problem neglecting their salvation. How shall we escape if we neglect so great a salvation, which at the first began to be spoken by the Lord, and was confirmed unto us by those who heard him. See, we are not to neglect this great salvation. See, the thing is, people think that means just sal- that the day that you got saved. The day that you got saved was nothing more than the day that you were born again. It that is not where you stop. That's the day of a beginning. Now, what you can do at that moment is you make a decision. You go, am I going to neglect this great thing that's happened to me? It's spoken of in the Bible. We all know about it. It's in in, uh, Revelation chapter 2, the church at Ephesus, who has left their first love. They neglected their salvation. You're supposed to be massaging it, growing it, working it, taking it to the spiritual gym, actually performing works like prayer, Bible study, worship, fellowship. We're not to neglect this great salvation. It's not supposed to be an aspect of your life. Most Christians, their salvation is to keep them out of depression, to keep them happy, an accent on their life. It's not supposed to be an accent of your life. It's supposed to be your very life. That's it. Tom, no, we're busy. You're already off. You're already off. If, if the answer to these things in your mind is, I have a lot of other things to do, quit them. That's right. I know, listen, I know the Bible verses. You probably won't, I'm not bragging. I'm just telling me telling you, and when it comes to life application, you probably won't trump me with Bible verses. I, I know 1 Timothy 5.8. That if anyone will not work, especially, you know, won't, won't provide for his own house. He's worse than an infidel, but if any provide not for his own, especially those of his own house, you have denied deny the faith and is worse than an infidel. I just saw to say it instead of trying to paraphrase it. I know the verses. I know you have to work, but work is not supposed to be your life. Going after God's supposed to be your life, and we'll get very specific in that in just a minute. A lot of Christians are way more stirred by their hobbies and their jobs than they are the Holy Spirit. What drives them is the next thing that they actually acquire. Their next acquisition is what drives them in life. Shouldn't be you. You're neglecting your salvation. That's why you're actually heading towards misery thinking that you're happy. Every, every cocaine addict thinks that the next hit is, the thing, is what's going to make them happy. Well, it's no different if that's your job. It's no different if it's your kids. Whoops. Not allowed to say that in America where kids are golden idols. Kids are number one. I see people walk away from church for their kids. Selling their souls to the devil. Your your life should be all about nurturing the salvation that you have. How many saved people are in here? Shout amen. amen. You need to be all over it. Don't neglect it. We ought to be delving deep into this great salvation that we have. But due to neglect, due to lack of effort, effort, Tom, this is, this is saved by grace. You ever read the second chapter, of James? You really think it's just all about, yeah, your salvation is by grace. You want to discover it, you don't want to neglect it, you're gonna to have to work at it. I know nobody teaches it. You know, you know why? This this is the the reason why we don't have the power inside the church and why 99.9% of churches closed for COVID-19 is they don't operate in power. They actually preach their own gospel to themselves. They don't talk about works. So nobody was ready. If you want to push a car across the parking lot, you're going to have to have some muscle. Where does that come from? Work. You're going to have to do some works. And I mean a lot of them. Your salvation comes by grace. The discovering of the greatness of that salvation and the power of that salvation comes by what you do. You see that a person is justified by what they do and not by faith alone. James chapter 2 verse 24. I'll show you my faith by what I do. James chapter 2 verse 18. Faith, if it is not accompanied by action, is dead. James chapter 2, verse 17. You have to work. That means today. You'll have to shut the device off. The dopamine addict machine that you have. Do you know that's true, don't you? you know that everybody in this room, that includes me. I mean, have you looked at the apocalypse that is our culture? There's not a soul. I I, I purposely, the other, oh, my light's on. Why does my light automatically turn on? I'm going to smash this thing. I want to make sure that it's on vibrate so I'm not that one. Have you ever noticed it? Like at various functions, I'm talking about, I'm talking about, High-level Christian functions. I look around the room, everybody's staring at their phone. I'm not talking about why the pastor's preaching or anything, but I'm talking about events that I'm at. I mean, they're walking around. I mean, literally, they've... I mean, they've literally ruined our lives. I'm I'm looking deep into this. Why is it that everywhere I go, I have this thing? Every minute of every hour of every day has to be filled with this thing being on. I seem to remember being happier before I had it. Yes. And I look around the room at all, you know, whether it's at prime eating steak or in a church function, there isn't a soul not staring at their phone. I've sat there. I, I like to. Anybody else in here a people watcher? I like to watch people. I've seen people at. Outback, Applebee's, whatever, sitting there having dinner with their wife, and neither one of them is talking. They're both on the one end of the table the other staring at their phones. I'm real strict about it. You know, when I go out to eat with people, there's no phones. The only, phone, the only phone that I'll answer is if it's my kids that are calling. That's it. Everybody else, nope. Oh, I need to talk to Pastor Tom. Nope, I'm eating with somebody else. They get, they get, they get priority. But due to lack of effort, due to neglect, most Christians will never taste the calling of God. Don't think you have just because you're saved. You're like, what kind of church did I walk into? The one that is trying to spur you on to greatness. That's the one. I'm not not an anesthesiologist. I'm not here to put you to sleep. I'm here to wake you up. Most Christians will never taste the calling of God ever. But the whole time thinking they are? There's delusional Christians right now who have pulled themselves, pulled their kids out of church for some sort of ball bouncing all over some sort of field or court, believing that they're operating in the calling of God. I'm not kidding you. You go around to modern day evangelicals, the ones that all closed for COVID. They believe that they're operating the gifts and the callings and the power of God. Doing what? What, what are you doing? Give me the examples. That's, like, that's what I want to say to Christopher Ray and the FBI. White supremacist, white supremacist terrorism is the greatest threat to America. Who? Where? I mean... Where are they? And of course, everyone thinks automatically because people have been programmed, maybe it's you, that by me saying that, I'm a white supremacist terrorist. I just want the evidence, please. I see Black Lives Matter. I see Antifa. Evidence, please. What are the names? I I mean, I haven't seen the KKK burning down buildings. I mean, I, I feel the same way about the KKK that I do about Antifa. But I'm just, I want the evidence, please. Give me me evidence, and I say that to the Christian. Where's the evidence that you're operating in the calling of God? There would be evidence, and it's not just because you have deep, worshipful experiences in your prayer closet, which, by the way, I firmly and completely affirm you should be doing those things, but there would be other fruit. The all star Christians that I've recruited to this church throughout my stupidity as a pastor produce nothing. Yeah, they look great, they're you know the perfect couple. You know, the hair is perfect, the clothes are perfect, maybe they got some money, whatever it may be, they're useless. God hath chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. And God hath chosen the weak things of the world to confound the things which are mighty. Most Christians just believe, you know what, I'm, I've, I've been saved for 17 years now. I, I, I'm going to tell you this. This has not nothing to do with my message, but this is for free. You don't have to give a dime more to the offering. This is for free. I am so sick and tired of hearing from Christians. I know. They look at me with a condescending tone, with a condescending facial expression. I know. I know. You don't know. You don't know what I'm talking about. I'll sit there and I'm talking about the power of God healing. And again, I have not arrived everybody that i pray for is not what made well don't like that hate that don't settle for it will never adapt adopt my own theology to change it well to make myself feel more comfortable but i go to people and i talk to them about the power of god about god's expectations in scripture and they're like i know i know yeah but everybody's still dying then how do you know how do you know? Why won't you be broken and contrite? Listen, I'm not, I'm not bragging. I'm just telling you, I'm broken before the Lord. I know it's me. They themselves, they blame God. Well, you know, they, they won't call it blaming God. They'll say, well, you know, it just wasn't God's plan for healing. God's leading us through the valley He leads you through the valley. If everybody's dead in the valley, then they stayed in the valley. (laughs) Where do you, where, how, what do you know except things that are antithetical to the Bible? What do you know? I'm getting to the place where I'm going to say things like that. Like, you know what? You don't know. I know, I know you don't know anything just be like me and say i'm stupid i do i don't know i failed say it why are you so prideful i failed i should have been healed it should have happened well i don't want to deal with the emotions of that coward that's why everybody closed Nobody has any concept of broken and contriteness. It's out of Psalm chapter 34, 18 through 20. The Lord is nigh unto them that are of a broken heart and saveth such as be of a contrite spirit. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivereth them out of them all. He keepeth all his bones, not one of them is broken. That's God. That's God. That's God. That's God. All the Christian nominalists with their fish Bible covers. No, look at how spiritual I am. You're a dork. What are you? You're not doing anything. You attend one thing after another, always learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. The only way to get to the knowledge of the truth is to acknowledge you don't know it. How many of us would walk into a room with a professor teaching calculus four and go, Oh, I know. I know. No, you don't. I barely got past Algebra 2. And that's the only reason why I got past that is because I cheated. I wasn't saved then. Get off me. (laughs) Most Christians, I'm talking about those of you in this room, I'm kicking you in the pants. Most Christians in this room and most Christians watching will never taste the calling of God, the gifts of God, or the power of God because they neglect their salvation. They neglect it for jobs. They neglect it for kids. They neglect it for hobbies. They neglect it for boats, for RVs, for depression, good or bad. Don't do it. The power of God. You know, people quote this verse all the time, now to him that is able to do Ephesians 3.20, now to him that is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all we ask or think. Is that the end of the verse? No, according to the power that works in you. No, in you, no partaking of the divine nature. It has to be happening through you. Oh, God's out there working. No, God will work through you. Chris is all oh, you know. I sense this mighty revival burning up the coast of Florida. You know how many times I've heard that. I want to grab people by the throat. And this, you know, God's sending this mighty revival. God doesn't send. God works through. He's not sending anything. He's asking for people for two or more to agree. And if you do that, the power is present. That's all that it takes. That's the Bible. That's Matthew chapter 18, 19 and 20. Again, I tell you that if two of you on earth agree about anything you ask for, it will be done for you by my Father in heaven. Where two or three are gathered together in my name, I am there in the midst of them. Why is it that when we're worshiping, we sense the power of God? Because there's agreement in the room, and that releases the Holy Spirit. It's all that it takes. Oh, we're praying for a revival. Why? Just agree with somebody on it. Agree for a revival. with Somebody else, you can stop praying. I'm not, the, I'm not against prayer. I pray all the time. I pray every day. I'm just telling you that understand what it is that you're doing when you're praying. Lord, do it. Lord do it. Lord do it. He's already done it. He's in the room. That's like me saying right now turn the lights on. Turn the light. They're on. But where, how do most Christians stand when it comes to the light? Turn the lights on, Lord. Open your eyes. Turn the lights on, Lord. Holy Spirit, open your eyes. Turn the lights on, Lord. Holy Spirit says open your eyes. So The light's already on. The power's already there. Revival's already present. You just have to agree on it. Find one other person and agree. And watch what happens. But most Christians will never taste the calling The gifts of the power of God. Without these, without those things, you will never know the will of God. Where do you get this from, Tom? Let me read you a couple of verses here. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 18. I didn't give you guys these. I threw these in last minute. See how good you are up there. (laughs) Having their understanding darkened. Being alienated from the life of God. That's where we start. Before we're saved, our understanding is darkened. So do you think when you have verses that say that your mind has to be transformed after you're saved, Romans chapter 12, verse two, do you think that all of our understanding becomes enlightened the moment that you're saved? No. The lights are on, but you're still kind of got your eyes closed. Most Christians never go past that. Their understanding is still darkened. Where I'll tell you like places like Alcoholics Anonymous where they have things down, I'm not endorsing it, so please don't come to me at the door with your bad experiences. Not endorsing anything. I don't endorse anything but the Bible. I don't endorse any preachers at all. I love certain preachers. I love my favorite preacher in the world is Pastor Rodney Howard Brown. That's my favorite preacher. My second favorite is Jonathan Shuttlesworth, period. But I don't endorse anybody. They're people. My pastor is Rodney Howard Brown. That's my personal pastor. That's the pastoral authority in my life. I don't. He, he would not say, you know what, I endorse him 100%. I endorse the Bible. But our understanding is darkened. We have, to, we have to have the darkness lifted from us. That takes works. See how I didn't get an amen there? You're programmed. When I say the word works, you're actually programmed. To not like it, because no, it's not by works. Yeah, salvation's not by works. You you cannot eradicate your sin via good deeds. I get it, I get it, I get it. But I'm telling you right now that you will go nowhere. You'll never discover the callings and the gifts of God and the power of God if you don't work at it. And I'm not talking about some sort of three-minute deal a day. I'm talking about actually sinking your teeth into your salvation and not neglecting it anymore, where it becomes your life. Well, Tom, I just got so many things to do. Start canceling stuff. If you can't pull it off, because I'm telling you, all that will matter to you someday will not be the scores on the scoreboard of the YMCA soccer tournament. That burns up, that's gone. For the day of the Lord will come like a thief. The heavens will disappear. Do you hear me? The heavens will disappear with a roar. The elements will be destroyed by fire and the earth and everything in it will be laid bare. Scoreboards aren't going to be there anymore. This is going to be troubling for some of you. Your motorcycle won't be there anymore. Your RV won't be there anymore. Your boat won't be there anymore. Your flesh won't be there anymore. So you better sink your, your teeth into things that are eternal so we fix our eyes not on what is seen but what is unseen. For what is seen is temporal but what is unseen is eternal. Second Corinthians 4.18. This is Bible stuff now. We're seeing in this world that we had better start sinking the, our teeth into and stop neglecting our salvation. Because look how quickly the devil will come. The spirit of the air will come in and take things over. They don't hesitate. Demons don't hesitate. The Democratic Party doesn't hesitate. They don't hesitate. And it's, the Christians are a bunch of people floating around like helium balloons. Boom, boom, boom. Well, they march through the land with their armies of darkness and take over everything. And Christians do nothing. Well, we're saved by grace, you know. It's God's sovereign will. What are you talking about? You need a kick in the teeth, man. We're to occupy until he comes, not surrender until he comes. (laughs) See, I had the opportunity. I don't know if I'm ever going to get back to my message. I had the opportunity this week to meet Arthur Pulaski and speak with him. Wonderful person, so send him money. Like, Tom, what are you talking about? Just do it. Why don't you just not worry about it for once? Get off of yourself and go and send the guy money. We have this church that we sent him 5000 bucks. Yes. See what? I hope hopes so. in here remind me to get back to Arthur Pulaski. Don't let me forget See, what they do to you, whether it's our illustrious FBI, Facebook Institute. (laughs) What they do is they go and they torment you. See, when you're the federal government, are you the Canadian federal government? What they do is they arrest you for some stupid offense, like... Trespassing in the Capitol, of which all of those people are in solitary confinement, unable to get bail for the last four months. But anyway, I digress. But what they do is what they did to Roger Stone, what they did to General Flynn. I got to meet General Flynn this week too. All through Rodney Howard Brown. That's why you get a pastor in your life. But what they do is they charge you. They have limitless resources. So they just keep you in court one hearing after another and break you financially. They break you. Roger Stone was speaking yesterday. He spoke right before I did at the conference. And he talked about, I'm broke. I lost my car. His wife's got stage four cancer. He got saved though. Yeah, he got saved. He was on Jonathan Shuttlesworth's show and testified to that for the first time ever. He gave glory to Jesus yesterday from the stage. But he said they took everything from me because they just, they have, I mean, what does Robert Mueller care? One, well, you know, one deposition after another Well, you're paying an attorney $500 an hour? People, well, here's General Flynn. He's General Flynn. He's in the military. He's not rich. Not by today's, I mean, I'm not, he's not a multi, multi-millionaire. He's a retired general, lieutenant general from the military. And they break you. That's what they do. That's why I tell you, send these people money. You should hear the list of citations that have been written to Arthur Pulaski. He's been fined. I, I can't not remember. I don't know if you do or not, but I hope does. she was there watching too when he was testifying briefly at the dinner that we were at. He's been cited I don't know how many times, how many affidavits have been, have been uh, filled out against him. So send the guy money. I'm telling you. These are, this is somebody who stood in the faith. There's another one too. I put, I put it out on, on the podcast. I can't remember his name right now, but I'll get it for you. And I, need a, I should have remembered. It crazy. been a crazy week. If I wouldn't have, I'll play it next week. Another pastor, young guy, bearded, arrested with his six kids watching in his driveway in Canada. Whoa, whoa, hey, you know what his offenses were? Oh, that's another one. That's the third one. The third one I'm talking about, I put on the podcast last night. Oh, that one's in Australia. You know what his offense was? Inciting church services. That's a fact. Facts. That's the facts. Inciting a church service. He's arrested for it. Great job, American church. Great job. Uh, Where, you know, we're we're trying to save people's lives. Yeah, 300 million people have died because of your attempts to save lives. That's a fact, by the way. That's just the starvations. That's not the suicides. Those are the third world starvations that are a result of the church in America COVID caving. Great job. Now you got your brothers and sisters around the world being arrested by the antichrist spirit for inciting church services? This is why you don't neglect your salvation, so that when the devil comes knocking at your door with a 99.9% survivable virus formed in a lab in Wuhan, China, by Anthony Fauci, the very one, the prophet of all that is righteous, the one that he himself sent money through Peter Daszak to the Wuhan Institute of Virology, and then spends the next 15 months pontificating from his bully pulpit, about it. this, these are the things you need to do to save your life. Oh, you're the one who made, that, that literally, it's like going to somebody, handing them a baseball bat, having them knock all your teeth out and say, you know what, where's a good dentist? The very cause of the problem has been telling people how to handle the problem without ever acknowledging that he's the cause of the problem. And the church knows Nothing. When you, when you talk to somebody in the know, like Rodney Howard Brown, who talks to, I'm talking about books that you've read, authors of books that you've read, big name Christian people, they have no idea what gain of function research is? None. They have no idea. They have no clue. They're destroyed for? That's right. That's right. Second Corinthians 3.14, but their minds were blinded. 2 Corinthians 4 4, whose minds the God of this age has blinded. Christians stay in this state because they neglect their salvation. How shall we escape? You can't if you neglect your salvation. Hebrews chapter 2, verse 3. How shall we escape if we neglect so great a salvation? You can't escape. You're blind. Most Christians right now, right now at this very moment in the midst of the mark of the beast being unfurled before their very eyes have absolutely no idea and are still espousing their virtue. Look how loving we were when we closed our church, saving lives. They still have no idea because whose minds the God of this age has blinded. But their minds were blinded having their understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God. I rattled some cages yesterday when I said, you know what, pastors, you need to grab your cell phones and do a Facebook Live and say, you know what, I'm sorry. I'm sorry that I walked away from the word of God and closed my church. Because look at what's happening. You're nothing until you do that. You hear me? I hope there are pastors watching, even pastor friends of mine. I hope you're watching because you're nothing until you repent. Jesus style. Jesus style is repentance. There is nothing else. A 180 degree turn is Jesus style. Not, well, we reopened. That's not repentance. That's not the Bible. But Christians think all the while in the midst of never discovering the calling of God, the gifts of God, or the power of God, they think all the while, I am. I'm living in the center of God's will. No, you're not. Yes, we're saved by grace, but the benefits of that salvation comes through works, comes through the commands of God. Let's look at this. 1 John chapter 2, verse 17. The world is passing away in the lust of it. But he who does the will of God abides forever. Does the will of God. That comes through works. That comes through the commands of God. Because those works and those commands of God are all about accomplishing the two things that we're going to discuss in the next 16 minutes. What are those two things? Started on it last week, going deep into it today. When you work at it, when you don't neglect your salvation, you operate in the commands of God. It does two things. Number one, these two things are all that the Christian life is about. Are you ready? Two things. Life is very, very easy. It's very easy to understand, but difficult to do. But it's really not even difficult to do. It sounds like a dichotomy of words, but it's not. It's not difficult. It's just a matter of will you overcome. Two things that the Christian life is all about. Chasing the Holy Spirit and melting unbelief. That's it. The four essentials cover that. Prayer, Bible study, worship, and fellowship. Melting away unbelief. The verses that you hear me use all the time around here. Matthew 17, 19 through 21. Then came the disciples to Jesus apart and said, why could we not cast him out? Is this ever asked in the modern church? People don't ask. They just go, well, it just wasn't God's plan. He can, but you don't know if he will. We'll understand in heaven. No, they came to Jesus and they said, why couldn't we do it? And Jesus said unto them, because of your unbelief. For verily I say unto you, if you have faith as a grain of a mustard seed, you shall say unto this mountain, Remove hence to yonder place, and it shall remove. And nothing shall be impossible for you. Howbeit, this kind goeth not out, but by prayer and fasting. Why is that? Because if you fast enough, God moves. Christians think that, that's why they don't do it. You know, I'm going to impress God. God. Look how much my... I got the rumblings and my tumblings. And you know, God, doesn't that impress you? Now you're going to move, aren't you? I've starved myself, Lord, for seven hours. <laughs> move. That's not what he's talking about. He's talking about unbelief. Your unbelief, your unbelief is blocking. What, blo- what gets rid of unbelief is prayer and fasting. It does not move God. The lights are already on. What prayer and fasting makes you do is this. That's it. It's got nothing to do with moving God. He's already moved. He's given you all things. What do you want him to move to do? Mark 9, 24, same story. Different book. Immediately the father of the child cried out and said with tears, Lord, I believe, help my unbelief. Christians don't do that. Evangelical Christians don't do that. They adapt their theology. They change their theology into something that's not the word of God so that they don't have to pray that. They don't have to hear Jesus say it's your unbelief. But Lord, I did believe. I tried really hard. And listen, I get it. I have laid my hands on the sick numerous times and believed for their healing. And I haven't been unsuccessful every time. I'm just telling you, I've been unsuccessful too many times. So what I do is I go to Jesus and I say, Lord, why couldn't I cast it out? What other Christians are doing that? What what other Christians are doing it? Why couldn't I cast it out? And I am responded to with this. Because of your unbelief. But Lord, I did believe. So my response is, Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief. That's what you're supposed to do. Well, that hurts my feelings. Don't care. It's not the Bible. Your feelings aren't the Bible. How dare the formed say to the potter, this is how it should be. You don't. You do what's said right here. Well, my child had an ear infection. We prayed it didn't work. Unbelief. It's what it is. There is no other response. If there was, why didn't Jesus do it? Why didn't Jesus say the things that evangelicals are saying? He never did. He never gave any other explanation than unbelief. But nobody dare preach this in the church. You know who preaches this all the while? Jonathan Shuttlesworth does rodney howard brown does they're the ones who stayed open strange isn't it foundation church does they stayed open right because we preach the bible so you know what we could be i smell that devil with that covid i smell it we knew it the spiritual man makes judgments about all things i knew it i smelled it immediately smelled that swine, the swine flu pig flu bird flu Vulture flu, <laughs> raccoon flu. You smell that oppression from a mile away. That's because inherently I follow the Word of God. The Word of God does not make me comfortable, it makes me squirm. I'm all right with that. I would be bored in any other sort of church. I couldn't bear it. I don't know how, listen, I know some of y'all's church journeys in here. I don't know how you bear staying away from this church. I don't know how you did it. You, it, you know what? I marvel at your ability to be bored. <laughs> and unchallenged and happy about it. I marvel. What were you doing? Why would you ever go to a church where you're not prompted by the Holy Spirit, challenged by the Word of God? Right. Why, would you, why would you ever do it? You have to ask yourself that. The Bible says it's because you're a wicked person who likes to be lied to. Whoops! That's the Bible. That's the Bible. Stick where you're at. Don't go back. They're calling me, though, and they're such sweet people. They're ankle grabbers is what they are. They'll turn you in. Those sweet people, you know, we love you. You need to s- stay under the pastoral authority that's been yours for many years and given you much love. Yeah, but you were closed for nine freaking months. And you've still got people in your church wearing a mask. You know, Rodney Howard Brown's church, people think I'm mean. You're not even allowed to wear a mask. You'd be called out in public with thousands or millions of people watching on TV. Like I witnessed him do. I was uncomfortable, and not many things make me uncomfortable. (laughs) I am your father. That's what he did to the lady. You think I'm mean? So you gotta have somebody, if you're me, you gotta have somebody meaner who's your pastor. Mark 16, 14. Later he appeared to the eleven as they sat at the table and he rebuked their unbelief and hardness of heart. Why? Because they did not believe those who had seen him after he had risen. There's no excuses. He went right to unbelief and hardness of heart. Why don't we? we? We didn't see the miraculous. We don't believe in the miraculous. That's your unbelief. Well, we understand. You know, you've been through some hard times in life, and your heart is bruised. That's not the Bible. Who are you following if you're not following the Bible? Since Jesus is the Word. You know, I only had 20 minutes yesterday. I needed an hour and a half. Hard to fill. I mean, I literally, I literally got to about 14 percent of what I had ready to roll yesterday. See, it comes down to verses like Matthew chapter 10, verses 32 and 33. Whoever acknowledges me before men, I will also acknowledge him before my Father in heaven. But whoever disowns me before men, I will disown him before my Father in heaven. Next verse is, do not suppose that I have come to bring peace on earth. I did not come to bring peace, but a sword. So here's the thing. That's not just, I acknowledge Jesus, I'm saved. What was the, if you acknowledge Jesus that you're saved and you go to a COVID caving church, what's the difference between you and the local shoe store that closed? Nothing. There's no difference. There's no delineation whatsoever. You're exactly the same. The most powerful organizations were the strip clubs, the cannabis stores, and the abortion mills. They were all open the entire time while the church was closed in every state. Gretchen Whitmer yesterday relinquished all COVID restrictions. Why? Because her polling went down 12 points. She's coming up for re-election. So, you know, great job, COVID-caving churches. But here's the thing, in the midst of that, what are you supposed to do? Whatever the presentation from the devil or the world is, what are you supposed to do? Acknowledge him. Acknowledge him. How, How do you acknowledge Jesus? By the name of Jesus or by the word? The word that he magnifies above his own name, Psalm 138 too. The name of Jesus is great. The word, which is Jesus, is greater. That's what you do. In the very moment that that is presented before you, that lovely gift pack from demon Anthony Fauci and all the rest of his minions, you answer with the word of God. Otherwise, what are you answering with as a Christian? You're answering with the devil. You closed, you answered with the devil. Everything that does not come from faith is sin. Romans 14, 23. Everything. You do not answer life's scenarios with people's philosophies. You answer them with the word of God. Whoever acknowledges me before men, I will acknowledge him before my Father in heaven. But whoever disowns me before men, I will disown him before my Father in heaven. Listen, there's a reason why. As we are entering in, to the, we are in the midst of the times of sorrows, the beginnings of sorrows. There's a reason why there's verses in the Bible. Like 1 Timothy chapter 4 verse 1, Now the Spirit speaketh expressly, that in the latter times some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. At that time many will betray one another. Matthew twenty four ten through 13, At that time many will turn away from the faith and will betray one another, and many false prophets will appear and deceive many people. Because of the increase of wickedness, the love of most will grow cold. But he who stands firm to the end will be saved. Don't you think, don't you see it in this whole COVID thing? And it's not COVID, it's just just grease in the skids. What's coming for you next are cow farts. I get your attention back. See, I got you for another nine minutes. Had to throw out some cow farts to get you back. That's what's coming next. Gonna tell you to close down because there's certain things in the air. You know what? There's there's this high radiation in the air. Who? Oh, what radiation? You know, there's climate change, the Great Reset, World Economic Forum, Klaus Schwab. That's what's next. They say it out loud. It's on their website. That's what's next. That's why you always hear them. And again, just like white supremacist terrorism, where exactly is this climate change? I mean, I've been living here since 1980. The only thing that I've seen change is widening roads. Nice. I remember looking out here. I used to drive down here all the time. I lived in El Bean when I was in high school. This was a two-lane road, no turn lane. That's all there was. That changed. Other than that, you know, yesterday it was what it was what's today? The June 19th, June 8th. What's the date today? I don't even know. 20th. 20th. Okay, well, was yesterday was the 19th? I was speaking on a stage and I was sweating profusely. Oh, it's Florida in June. That didn't change. It's 90 degrees. Basically, you're sucking in an air that's quenching your thirst. <laughs> Nothing's changed for me. They lie one one lie after another, and the church doesn't stand in the Word of God. They stand with the experts, like the FBI. They're the experts. I can't get, right now, again, I tell you this all the time, but you guys are my psychologists. You're who I vent with. I can't get over the FBI. You know the litany, don't you? Seven minutes to go. Everybody with me? You need to know. These are the experts. Last April 28th of 2020. The FBI met at the airport. Chinese defector from the Wuhan Institute of Virology. It's all coming out. See, the whole thing about it is you better watch out for God. People forget that. You know, what does God do? Well, God will expose you, God potentially will kill you. No, I guess you never read Acts chapter 5. We'll skip that one, right? Too scary. That's the real Bible. That's not Pastor Skinny Jeans. Latte-sucking Skinny Jeans Pastor who doesn't ever preach the Bible in a day in his life because he he wants everybody to be better together. (laughs) Get your cardboard sign and stand out in front of the church. You're home. Dork. (laughs) So the FBI meets this virologist. Epidemiologist at the airport interviews her for six hours, never has since revealed anything about what was said, because it's an ongoing investigation, Christopher Ray says. In October of 2020, they interviewed her again with their own virologists, and still have never said a word about any of it, as they sat at the entire time on Hunter Biden's laptop, which exonerated President Trump in his first impeachment, completely and totally, sat on it, nothing, right? Now what's coming out is that we have this insurrection on January 6th. Tom, this is, this is politics. You shouldn't be preaching it from the pulpit. You're at the wrong church. Everything, the church should be out in front of politics. There's no, there's no running from it. So what's turned out about that, it's all coming out. It's on, it's on Tucker Carlson two nights last week maybe three. What's coming out now is that there's 20 unindicted co-conspirators that were in the Capitol committing crimes and inciting others to commit crimes. Facts that they're refusing to charge. Why is it? Oh, well, it turned out they're all FBI agents and informants. So what they're doing is enticing people, inciting people to commit crimes and then arresting them for the crimes they commit. Whoa, that didn't happen. Oh, really? You Ever read Ruby Ridge? Never ever read it? You need to. It's a documentary on Netflix. It's actually quite excellent. Read it. Watch it. Well, what else has happened? Oh, well, let's see. Oh, the alleged kidnapping plot for Gretchen Whitmer. Remember that one? Well, that turns out there was 13 plotters, five of which were FBI agents and informants that incited other people. And, and guess what happened there, too? Well, that all started when they had an insurrection at the Capitol there, Right? in the capitol. That was led by a specific FBI agent at that moment, who's in charge of that investigation, who had all his people inside of that insurrection. Well then, that agent was then placed in charge of the D.C. area, where suddenly again they had a insurrection at the capitol. Oh, conspiracy! How is it a conspiracy when it's true? And these are the experts They're not. They're corrupt liars. You need to understand something. I don't care who it is. You need to look at the human heart the way that the Bible does in Jeremiah 17, 9. It's deceitful above all things. It's Yes, it's desperately wicked. It's the second part of the verse. But look at the first. The human heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who could know it? So who else is deceitful above all things? John chapter 8, verses 44 and 45. The devil is a liar, a murderer from the beginning, just like all of them. They look just like their father. Who espouses unfettered murder around the world? The political left. They're of their father. Political murder all around the world. That's what they do. The devil was a murderer from the beginning, a liar, the father of lies, whose native language is lying what these people do we need to follow and stand in the bible i'll finish with this to get off the fbi and be spiritual for just a moment matthew chapter 13 verse 58 now he did not do many mighty works there because of their unbelief and i'll close with this tom I'm not sure about this whole unbelief thing. Don't raise your hands. I just want you to acknowledge in your heart. It's okay to acknowledge this in your heart. Tom, I'm not sure that you're right about this unbelief stuff. Don't answer. Don't nod. You can. It won't offend me. I don't care. I know the Bible. I stand in the Word. But who would say that? You know what? I'm just not sure. I don't know if it's really unbelief that causes me not to receive. I pray for things. It doesn't happen. I don't know if it's unbelief. Who would say, that's where I'm at right now? That's where I'm at. I don't really think it's unbelief. Then let me ask you something. What's your explanation? And now listen, I want your Bible verses, not your ideology. What's your explanation for why the miraculous does not happen in your life? When you lay hands on the sick, they're not recovered. Why? What's your explanation? I want Bible verses. Not what you learned at Enablers 101 Bible Study. Oh, here's the latest book from Pastor Butt Kisser. Um, Oh, that's really soft and sweet. Yeah, I bet it is. Gotta be soft and sweet to be a good Butt Kisser. So, what are the Bible verses? Proverbs chapter 30, verse 6 says, add thou not to his word, lest he reprove thee and thou be found a liar. God will find you out. He'll correct you and expose you as a liar. Deuteronomy chapter 4, verse 2. You shall not add to the word which I command you, nor take from it, that you may keep the commandments of the Lord your God which I command you. So what are your explanations? I'm telling you what the Bible says. If you look at it in the face, eye to eye, Things will change. Worship team, make your way. I'll finish with this. If you're supposed to stop believing in the certainty of what you say with me now, I know people are walking around. I get it. If you're supposed to stop believing in the certainty of what you, maybe none of us, maybe I shouldn't even say stop because a lot of us have never even started to believe for what we pray for. And you see, what I do all the time is I put this into practice. Lord, I ask you for some little thing. Lord, I ask you for this in Jesus' name. And Lord, I'm standing in it. Well, yeah, but I've done that. I've been disappointed. That's not the Bible. You can be disappointed if you want, but you aren't supposed to change your theology because of your disappointment. You're supposed to break through unbelief. If we're supposed to stop believing in the certainty of what we pray for, then why did Jesus never say that? James 1.6, but let him ask in faith with no doubting, for he who doubts is like a wave of the sea, driven and tossed by the wind. For let not that man suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. Matthew 21.21, 21, if you have faith and do not doubt, you will not only do what was done to the fig tree, But if you say to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea, it will be done. And whatever things you ask in faith, believing, you will receive. Yeah, you can name abuses. But God wants you prospered. God wants you well. God wants you to have a sound mind. God wants wants you to give thousands or millions of dollars away. Don't be somebody who has never tasted the power of God, the gifts of God, or the calling of God because you refuse to spend the time. This kind goeth not out but by prayer and fasting. You want your life to change? Put the work in starting today. Get alone. Delve deep into the word of God. Shut the device off. Most of us live with the very people that are the ones that it's important to us whether they call or not. They're in the house. What do you need this for? If everybody that's important to you is living in the house, then what do you need it for? Shut the thing off. Go get alone with God and melt away your unbelief. Amen? Stand with me. Praise you, Lord, today. Thank you so much for joining us. We know that when there are this many people in person or watching online, that there is a chance that some have not started a relationship with Christ. If that's you and you would like a relationship with Jesus that washes away the stain of sin, you will need to start by repenting of your sin, confessing with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and asking Him to be the Lord over your life. That means giving up control. If you have never prayed this or you have fallen away and want to return to the kingdom of life, repeat this prayer after me and mean it. Lord Jesus, I ask You right now to come into my life and be my Lord and be my Savior. I ask you to forgive me for all of my sins. And I now turn from them and I give you my life from this day on in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. If you said that prayer, you are saved. Thank you for listening to Foundation Church's weekly message. We hope that you have been encouraged and empowered. If you would like to partner with us, please visit foundationchurchfl.com and click on Give.